It's Jen the Builder. And Corey. Welcome to Take the Elevator, you guys. Thanks for being here. Yes. We appreciate that very much. Corey, what is going on? What's new? So I was reading the story about a woman who was grieving her pet. And it wasn't a typical grieving. And and when I first started reading the story, I got a little moved because, you know, I automatically started thinking about our pets, Penny and Tallulah. And so I was thinking, well, man, I, I don't know how we would feel. But it, it quickly took a turn for another direction. So this woman was a oh, proud owner of a boa constrictor. Mm. And she had began to allow this animal to sleep in the bed with her. I think I know. Yes, I think you do. Anyway, this animal, which was a boa constrictor, slept right next to her night after night after night. And then beginning began to sleep right up on her, like right against her side. And so while she was doing this, she thought, oh, this animal is starting to really take to me and really like me. Right. And so um, after a few weeks of this going on, animal sleeping, and I keep calling it an animal, but it was definitely a snake, a boa constrictor. And she then reached out to to a professional to see, you know, what's the deal with this snake sleeping right next to her like that. And the professional told her quickly, do not (laughs) allow that snake to sleep next to you like that. And the woman in panic asked why. And so he explained to her that the animal is not getting cozy with her. It's not becoming more friendly. It is simply sizing her up to see that it's, if it's big enough to actually swallow her and making sure that it would be able to accomplish that feat. And so she quickly stopped sleeping with that animal and had the animal put to sleep. And I just thought, okay, that is a grieving moment, but nothing like I thought it was. So, you know, it was, that was my, Oh wow. That's crazy moment. Yeah. I'm glad she listened because some people get so attached to animals and, they don't want to believe. No, not not my animal. Yeah, not my not my pet. It would never try to eat me. Yeah, I want to. I had no idea you're going to start off with that, but I want to share a story about a pet that my kids had. And so, Kayla and Nathan. Oh yeah, yeah. I got to share this story with you guys. So we had uh, a parakeet. We named him Angelo, mm-hmm. and Kayla, I think, was maybe. Oh gosh, I w- I wish I got the the ages right on this. Let's say seven and five. Yeah, that sounds about right. So Kayla's seven, Nate's five, and Angela was such an awesome parakeet. I remember its colors too: green and yellow. And we would have Angelo fly throughout the house, and you would just you know stick your arm out, extend and extend your finger. Point your finger and Angela would come and land on your finger and be cool if you had to put him back in his cage. He was just that animal. What a cool bird. Yeah, awesome bird. Love that bird. Well, one day we had a bunch of family over and it was a lot of my nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. And so Nathan and Kayla, of course, wanted to share Angela with them. Put Angela outside of his cage and he got excited because the kids were like trying to grab him and stuff. And later on that night, after everyone had left, the kids found Angelo dead in his cage. 
stiff. I don't know if you guys have ever seen a bird dead. It's anyways, just stiff. So of course the kids bring Angelo and I remember Nathan in his cute little chubby hands said, mommy, mommy, something's wrong with Angelo. And I looked and I said, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so sorry. I don't know how this happened. And they're all, mommy, is he dead? And so the kids and I just cried. I laid with them in the bed after we put Angelo like in this shoebox. And at the time I was living with my sister, Elizabeth. So she sees the three of us just laid on the bed crying and I'm holding the kids trying to comfort them. And I felt sad too, of course. So my sister says, you guys, I'm just going to bury Angelo, you know, so you guys be together. So my sister leaves out with the box and she comes back a few minutes later and she's like, oh my goodness, you're not going to believe what happened. And so we shot up out of bed and we're like, what happened? And she looks at me and, you know, it's that look like, bear with me here. I'm about to say something. Just go along with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't give me away. (laughs) So she says, you're not going to believe it. Angelo is so smart. When I went to bury him, I opened the box and he flew away. And the kids just kind of looked at it. We instantly stopped crying and they looked at each other and they smiled. They're all, mommy, Angelo was so smart, huh? Mm. Like he just flew away because he wanted to fly uh, free outside of the house. And so the kids were excited because they had a smart bird. Mm-hmm. And so beautiful story, right? <laughs> Amazing. No. And I was like. Not at all. Oh. Well, what went terribly wrong is that instead of telling them later that that wasn't the truth, Angelo did die, but that story was made up to give them comfort at that moment. Right. Whether or not it was right or wrong, that's not the point to this right now. It it was done. (laughs) Instead of me doing that, though, the kids got older and they loved to share this story with friends and family, and they said, you wouldn't believe what our bird did. So now you're looking at teenagers, and they're sharing this story, and they've been sharing it, and you knew about it because I told you. Yeah, that story had come up like (laughs) one too many times. It came up like a total of seven times, and I'm trying to figure out, like, why, why do they think this is the real story? Right. Yeah. And so you counseled me and said, at some point, you're going to have to tell them. And Corey, I think I told them when they were like, what, 16, 17? Oh, no. No, older than that. Uh, 19? Try 20 and <laughs> 22 okay, or so 24. <laughs> 22 and 20. Okay. This whole time, my kids believed that story. And of course, there was heck to pay on why I didn't tell them sooner because they had, you know, just kept regurgitating the story and I just didn't have the heart to tell him because we had you know said this story for so long but that is one of my favorite animal stories wow (laughs) yeah that's really really deep um (laughs) I don't even know what to say because I mean I have a, a a way that I do things and did things especially with with kids and and children because um I just knew yeah. At being a kid and someone leading me down the wrong path. Oh, boy. I, so I, I, I sympathize with them as children not knowing the truth. And then I really sympathize with them as adults 
finding out the truth. Yeah, that was a tough lesson, a tough lesson. I just spoke to a friend, actually, and with her daughter, she's told her the truth about Santa Claus, Mommy Santa Claus, I'm the Tooth Fairy, I'm the Easter Bunny, there's no such thing, but it's me. Mm-hmm. And my other friend was like, how could you do that? How could you just ruin these childhood stories? And she's like, because it's not true. And so, I don't know, what do you guys do? How long do you allow the kids to believe in, in the fairy tale? Do you? Do you not? Like, what does that look like? I, I don't know. And I think we probably should have gave a precursor if any kids are listening. Oh, <laughs> Oh my goodness! I feel so. Bad. I'm <laughs> sorry, parents. Yeah. Every day, elevate. Every day. So we're wrapping up MBTI. This is the last day where we go into details. So this is the fourth letter, guys. And what this is is it's really about how you approach the outside world. Okay, so there's a few things. So the two letters here are J and P. J is for judging, P is for perceiving. So as you guys know, Corey and I are on the different, you know, different typing here. So Corey, you are judging. And what that means is you like to come to closure. You make plans. You act in a controlled manner. And you prefer to act within a structure and you prefer to schedule your activities. I do. Yeah. Uh, P, perceiving people like to keep a range of choices available. So take me to buffet and I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Remain flexible. Respond to emerging information. Prefer to go with the flow and prefer to be spontaneous. So the image, if you guys can have, um, use your imagination with me, a judging person, pretty much straight path. It's clear. It's like one way. When you have a perceiving person, we still have the end goal in mind. We're still the same, but I will take different turns here and there to figure it out. I'll make pit stops. I might literally stop and smell the roses you know, that kind of way. Yeah. I'll tell you how straight to the point I am. And believe me, you, at this age in my life, I've definitely realized that people have different desires, different ideas, even different taste buds. And and this is where I'm going to go with that. So much to the point that when I walked into, into 31 Flavors for the very first time, me as a child, I was very frustrated because I thought to myself, why on earth would they have this many flavors of ice cream <laughs> in a shop? They only need two, maybe three: <laughs> chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Maybe strawberry. For me, it was heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Hey, look at all the ice cream flavors!" Right? And it was, yeah, it's so funny because you, as a child, I think you know. I don't know if all children are like this, but. I think the way I think is how everyone thinks. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I don't know many children, but I've never asked, hey, we're at Baskin Robbins. What are you thinking? Right. No, I, I actually did because I remember taking our children to the ice cream shop and saying, do you think they need all these flavors? Here? <laughs> and of course they said, yeah. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm the only one that feels this way. But yeah, I, I just remember that extreme frustration thinking, why why are there so many choices when there's only a few that people are going to make? And I was drastically wrong, and I can admit that. What I am happy about, though, is that I did learn and I evolved from that point. And now I do understand people are different. They think different. They crave different. Their taste buds. So someone may crave ranch dressing, whereas someone might not ever think about ranch dressing in their entire life of eating food. So that's really key when you talk about that judging and perceiving. Yeah, for sure. So, so many kid stories are coming in my mind right now. Do you remember Rite Aid ice cream? Absolutely. But before it was Rite Aid, it was Thrifties. Thrifties, yes. And so I'm just remembering a story when the kids were younger and we'd take them to Thrifties and getting them ice cream was a treat back then because, you know, we were budgeting every penny. And so the treat was, let's go get Thrifties. Man, I'm sure that's a treat still today for some people that aren't budgeting. Right? Oh, yeah. I haven't been to Rite Aid ice cream in a while. But anyways, so we'd take them. And, oh, I just remember their faces when they're like, do we get a single, double, or triple? And, oh, yeah. Oh, when we got to say triple and their eyes would just get all wide. Oh, yeah. We'd hit the jackpot then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I don't think any of them got vanilla, chocolate, or strawberry. No. Every day, elevate. Every day, elevate. So this week for me, Corey, so far has been nothing but deadlines. And so with the J and the P judging and perceiving, this has a lot to do with deadlines too. How do you approach them? So I'm going to ask you a question, Corey, you got a project. There's a deadline two weeks from now. When are you doing this project? tonight (laughs) (laughs) and it's going to be done tonight that's crazy right so you would do tonight i would and without thinking of mbti i would think about the project but i need to just kind of go through all the different ways or you know just figure different things out play a little bit Take the And then there are times when I don't even think about it because I'd rather go shopping or I want to, you know, see a movie that I saw come up on Netflix or something like that. Right. So when you're talking about deadlines, you're right. Your approach is get it done. And I've seen this in you where you're very step by step. You're about the processes. Um, when change happens, Corey, in your in your plans, how does that make you feel? Typically, I'm, I'm, and I'm ashamed of this, but I, I, I'm, har- I'm so hard on myself that I, I will get angry at myself for not being able to handle the change. I like structure so much that I crave it. When things happen, I start planning the structure of it almost immediately. Right. Well, don't be ashamed of that. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of people there that are like that for sure. Um, but I don't think you get so over the top frustrated. And if you do, it's very internal. Oh, yeah, it's definitely internal. And that's why I said the shame. It's, it's not it's nothing anyone would ever notice or see and go, man, what's wrong with that guy? It's all internal. And I know what I'm doing to myself when I'm doing that. So, right. 
Right. Now with changes, I'm very flexible. Right. It just, well, you know, honestly, it depends on the change. Right. If it's something big that totally is just going to kaput my, my, <laughs> my goal, then I'm not really feeling that. And that's good, bad, or indifferent. There's been some changes that were very good that I didn't handle well at all because I just didn't know what to do or how to react to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can see that how that could be true too. Yeah, absolutely. And then as far as pressure, I work well under pressure. In fact, I prefer pressure. Almost if you don't give me pressure, I'm just like, eh, it's not a big deal. For me, it's all on who's applying the pressure. Nine oh, times that's out of such a good point. Yeah, nine times out of ten, if it's a stranger or somebody I really don't know or don't have a lot of concern about, it doesn't bother me. But if it's someone that I really look up to, which is not a whole lot of people, but I do have you know people that I do look up to, and most of them don't even know that I look up to them. But I, I find myself adding more pressure than necessary. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I first was looking at this stuff and I thought, well, I like planning and I like journaling, but I'm a J, which, by the way, I'm like right in the middle. I can flex to the um, the judging piece or I can flex to the perceiving piece. Right. Mm -hmm. So but I do like to plan. The thing is, is perceiving people will use a planner. But if you look at their planner, if you look at mine, there's arrows going this way, there's cross outs, there's, you know, those different things. Whereas if you were to have a planner, I think it would be very organized and clean. Very straight, organized, and like you said, very clean. Yeah, for sure. So just one more thing, coming to closure, as we come to closure of this episode, coming to closure, this is how these two show up if you're judging Corey it says that you would prefer to decide sooner rather than later, which is what you said. And you like to have decisions made so you can plan and you feel comfortable once things are settled. Mm-hmm. For someone like me, I prefer to keep my options open as long as possible. So for closure to happen, and you know, we've talked about certain things in my life lately um, as far as closure, I like to be open so that I can change my mind. If you give me a fixed decision, I might feel tied down. Right. So what in all of those differences, what do you think is the commonality between people between you and I in this area? Commonality is that we all got deadlines <laughs> and that they all have to get done at some point in time. So should it matter to one person more than another person that it took you longer to do it. It shouldn't. But sometimes the reality of it is, is that we find ourselves putting pressure not only on ourselves, but on our friends, on our loved ones, on our family members to do it in our timeline or not to do it in the time to do it in the timeline that they would prefer. And I think what we just need to come to grips with is that we're all different. And I think we've already said that, but it's just driving the point home. We're different, but different is good. If we're all the same, it's going to be all bad because then the whole world is functioning the same way. I like different because it, it allows you room to learn, to grow, and for people to be able to teach. What good is it that we have all these people the same way and no one's teaching anything to anyone? 
That's that's how all these movements are happening right now. Because there are people teaching people how they think and how they move and how they live, which is, in my opinion, a very healthy thing. Absolutely. I just wrote a paper actually on movement, right? That it takes courage to sometimes say what you want to say and do what you want to do. Um, and then, too, with courage, the more you act on those things, the more confident you are in facing those fears or things that hold you back. Mm. Um, what I find, and yeah, I'm totally going in my zigzag way to come to the closure of this um, episode. But when you come to your conclusion, courage is always, it's usually linked to something that was done in the right way Mm -hmm. or something, you know, I don't want to say heroic, but it was a good thing that was done because people might say, well, you know, I had the courage to to do this and and say this to someone and, and ended up hurting them. Someone wouldn't really define that as courage. Right? right. Anyways, we are ending MBTI. We hope that you've enjoyed um, the teaching, just some of the information. I know that you can go online and do a free MBTI assessment if you're ever interested in finding out your typing. I always love assessments. But anyhow, we are not ruled by these assessments. Not by any stretch Mm-mm. of your imagination. And I used to really push against this, believe it or not. I really didn't want to subscribe to that school of thought. But after hearing how similar some of these traits and attributes are, it just really drew me in and I, I really got interested in it. And I'm just glad that you have the knowledge and the education to not only teach it, but to share it with people. Absolutely. It is my pleasure Because here at Take the Elevator, we say look up and let's elevate. elevate.